is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Get your lineup set. It's time for start or sit. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Getting ready for the weekend. It is October 27th. Getting ready for Halloween. Got some fun times ahead. We've got some fun football coming up, hopefully, here in week eight. Not such a great start. 40 to nothing, Baltimore over the Dolphins. This is Fantasy Football Today. We've got a Saturday mailbag coming up. That's going to be me and Heath answering your questions. Right now, it's me, Adam Azer, and uh, I meant to sound like that was two different people. It's not. It's one person. <laughs> and, you uh, and Adam Azer are yeah, all A lot of hosts today. And Dave Richard. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you, bud? Doing well. Jamie's going to be joining us in maybe 10, 15 minutes. He's got some video assignments in the morning there in Fort Lauderdale, so he's going to jump in probably after we talk about the uh, the Thursday night game. Any Anything going on in your life, Dave? Anything big? Anything going on in my life? Just a normal weekend? Yeah, you, know, you, you had the big weekend last weekend. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a chill-out weekend after, after last weekend. All big right. life events. You know what? Usually followed by relaxing. Had had a crazy dream last night. Right. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to talk about that. Can we do that after the uh, after the Baltimore? I'll game? do it whenever you want. It's it's uh it's G rated. Okay, good. So just remind Very me. Very friendly dream. Friendly if, dream. If I forget, uh, maybe you were dreaming about Fanduel. Fanduel is awesome. I don't know if I dream about Fanduel, but I'm currently setting a lineup. As we speak, I have two more spots to fill. Go to Fanduel.com, click the Join Now button, and use the code CBSPOD. And you're going to get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over a million dollars in cash prizes. That's a lot of money you can play for free when you use the code CBSPOD on your first deposit on FanDuel.com. Void where prohibited. All right, so we will start with the game. We will go to Bold Predictions, Beat the Waiver Wire, the No Touchdowns Club, the Bonanza. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to previewing Houston-Seattle. That'll be our first game of the six NFC home games. Baltimore 40, Miami nothing, and here's an, yeah, awful. Here's an email from John. How about that cat last night, huh? Shake and bake. I think the Dolphins need to give the cat some work and bench Jay Ajayi. Well, the cat's definitely with the Ravens, not the Dolphins. It's true. It loves the color purple. Oh, terrible. You Ah. dog, you. (laughs) Ah. Um, yeah, the cat was fun. It was like two minutes left of the game, and there was a, an adorable cat, uh, dancing, prancing around the field, turning up field and avoiding the sideline. But, uh, who would you rather have rest of season, Dave? Jay Ajayi or Alex Collins, who had his breakout game? I thought you were going to ask me if I'd rather have the cat. It's Ajayi because I don't think Alex Collins is going to be in a position to do what he did week in and week out. I, I, but, but there's no doubt that he's now the best running back in Baltimore. Like in case there was any doubt, it's wiped out now. But you see their matchups coming up. Actually, next week at Tennessee should be fairly decent for him. Maybe I'm wrong here. Then the bye, then at Green Bay. I think that's another game that Alex Collins could do well in. Houston at home after that. Detroit at home after that. Maybe I should have looked at the schedule a little bit more closely. Well, I think the schedule not next, everything. There's two factors in play. One, Obviously, the schedule later in the year, they've got a game at Pittsburgh. That's not going to be a good one. Maybe the game versus Detroit will be tough. But number two, if they don't have a passing game to go with, teams are going to start to key in on the run. 
and he's not going to play on third downs. That's just still going to be Buck Allen's territory, and it could become Danny Woodhead's territory when he comes back. So there's a lot of excitement about Collins, and maybe there are a couple games coming up where he'll get 15-plus carries. But the thing I'm most excited about is that he finally started to play in the red zone, near yeah, the goal but line. they didn't give him all the goal line work. It was so frustrating. They got, it was they frustrating, got cute but, down there, and they went with Allen, who didn't and even get when in. And Allen, Allen couldn't score, and one time when he was close to scoring, he fumbled the football into the end zone. Oh, God, the Chris Moore. It was a great the story. The Chris Moore touchdown. That's right, buddy. Uh, and so, so, well, uh, just to say, I I, uh, I solicited some advice. I needed some advice. Do I start Chris Moore or Mike Gillisley? Someone told me to start Chris Moore. And uh, he didn't catch one pass, but he fell on a ball in the end zone that was fumbled, and he scored, and that counted for me. So he'll probably – six fantasy points probably better than what Gillisley will give me. So the good stuff. Uh, unless Gillisley scores, right? Yeah, well, you ain't going to score. Whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, so what's your answer, Dave? Long Not calling answer. him Gilly Boy anymore. Ugh. It's it's still a Jai, but it's a lot closer than than you think. Is a Jai a guy that you can rely on? Number two running back. Is he a Look, I, I think the Dolphins can bounce back from this. Let's oh, talk about can. their schedule coming up. They've got Oakland next at home. I think that could be the ultimate get-right game. This is a Raiders defense on the road now two weeks in a row for Week 9. And that that should be an opponent that the Raider, that the Dolphins offensive line can beat up a little bit and Ajayi can run well against. I would say next week is the make-or-break week for Ajayi. Yeah, look, they touched on it on the broadcast. The Dolphins have been one of the best teams in football since October 16th of last year. So, like, a, a calendar year plus some. They've, they, at that point, they ran off a six-game winning streak. They won nine out of ten. Uh, within that stretch, they lost 38 to six to Baltimore on the road. So, Baltimore's had their number. Baltimore's crushed them twice. They responded with three straight wins after that Baltimore loss last year. Home against Arizona, at the Jets, and at the Bills. And they scored 26 or more points in all three games. So, you know, this is not dooming Miami season. They played a horrible game. Uh, and, yeah, they could get right. Jay Ajayi needs better game script. He needs to. They need to win because he needs to more carries. They, they got behind. Also, if you missed it, they had a screen pass set up for Jay Ajayi that was a Great play call, and it was a touchdown if he caught it. He did catch it, but he fell to the ground as he was catching the ball. You could see the look on Adam Gase's face. He was really angry because he knew he had a touchdown dialed up. Tony Romo was talking about it, so this could have been a better game. But No, I mean, people are going to be frustrated. I guess um, I'll ask you a Jai or um, Smallwood rest of season. I'll still say a Jai, pending Sunday's game. A Jai or Hyde? Hide. All right. Again, pending Sunday's game. Same game as Smallwood. All right. Any interest in Jeremy Macklin? Not really. It was a great play, great throw by Flacco. But this is the other problem with Alex Collins being this super-duper breakout is if Joe Flacco misses a couple of weeks now because of this hit he took, and it was a vicious hit. I don't care what you call it. Uh, Ryan Mallett's going to be under center. He's not very good. He can't make throws like the one Flacco made to Macklin. Flacco wasn't making throws like the one he made to Macklin. So I'm I'm not ready to load back up on Macklin. I don't think we have to go too much uh, in depth on this game. Hopefully you started the Ravens defense and uh you saw Joe Flacco by the way is in the concussion protocol. That was ugly and that was scary. And then it got uglier. Miami defensive end William Hayes poked Baltimore offensive lineman Austin Howard in the eye. There's video of it. I mean, he poked him right in the eye. And then Dominick yeah. Sue grabbed Ryan Mallett by the throat. So these idiots, I don't know what they're doing. 
And they, I mean, they could be suspended next week against the Raiders, which would be interesting. Uh, and then. Well, I think, I think Alonzo will. Yeah, right. On Flacco. Maybe, maybe Sue, maybe, maybe all three of them. Probably I, not. I'm, I'm not in a position to make the call. I don't yeah, know if that's Probably not. Happen. And then Kenny Stills led the Dolphins in receiving. He had 10 targets. He had five catches for 65 yards. This was a, this was a bad day for the Dolphins. There's no question. <clears throat> and let's see, 15% of people started Jeremy Macklin. And um, Ben Watson was only 19% owned. He caught a six-yard. T- he had two catches for six yards and a touchdown. So, Dave. Yeah? You had a dream last night? Yeah, I had a strange dream. Um, I don't remember exactly how it started. I'll pick it up from what I remember. I was in our office cafeteria, and you were there. It was just you. And you had two naked taco breakfast tacos from Taco Bell. With the fried egg? Right, so it's the outside is like a fried egg. I, I don't know how they do this. I've I've never had one. Are you wait? I've, first of all, I've been tempted by there, it. There's yeah, I I'm not really that tempted by. It. I love Taco Bell. I'm not really that into that. But you say I'm in the cafeteria with two naked, and then breakfast tacos is the next thing that comes out of your mouth. Like that was really that was a letdown right there. But well, a letdown. I thought that would be a relief. Uh, anyway, okay. they're 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 <laughs> covered in bacon. Okay. So these are naked tacos with bacon on the inside, little bacon bits on the inside. And like I said, I've been interested in having one. You offered me one. I took a few bites. I didn't like it. And uh that was the end of the dream. So you didn't you were not a fan. I was not a fan of the naked taco in my dream. But you were just as generous in my dream as you are in real life. You gave me half of your meal. You're a swell guy. Oh. Thank you. That's a really boring dream. Yeah, usually I have better dreams than that. Some <laughs> that I can't say on the podcast and others that have to do with football. I've, I've had dreams where players like have a big game and then they go out and they have a big game mm. and sometimes they don't. When was the last time you had fast food? Um, it's been a while. Really? I'm trying to cut that out of my life. Good for you, Dave. Good for you. Well, when you, next time you have it, picture me with you there. Two naked somethings. And we'll have a nice time. Uh, but now you made it weird. I won't be naked. You can picture me in my Indochino suit instead. Indochino.com. Buy a suit. The promo code is FFT for Indochino's best deal ever. FFT is the code on Indochino.com. You can shop. You can do everything online. It's really easy. Dave, I was an idiot for a long time. I didn't realize how important it is to look good. You know, not all the time, but like I don't look that good right now, but um, if I go out to a wedding, if I go out to, you know, an important function, I want to dress well. It's important. It makes a statement about you. And it's expensive, but not with Indochino. Indochino makes it easy and affordable. So I love my Indochino suit. I get compliments all the time when I wear it. Uh, I'm planning on getting another one. You can have a custom made-to-measure premium suit for Indochino's best price ever, which is $359. These types of suits go for 800 bucks or more. This is 359 on Indochino.com with the code FFT at checkout. So go to Indochino.com. Design the suit. Every detail, including the monogram on the jacket lining. That's really fun. Um, it's going to fit you great. You're going to look great. You're going to be excited to wear it. Again, $359 for any premium suit when you enter the code FFT during checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Free shipping. Amazing deal. Indochino.com. FFT is the promo code. News and notes. Danny Amendola may not play this week. He's questionable with a hyperextended knee. 
They have the Chargers coming to town. Dave, we have an email from Andres. I was wondering if I should drop Danny Amendola for Doxon, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Jordan Matthews in a PPR league. I'm, I would do it if he doesn't play this week. And then you basically turn that roster spot into a, a player that you're speculating on. And you can do it with either Doxon or Juju. Little worried about Doxon ever being a high catch guy. Don't know if he's going to get a lot of targets, uh, from week to week. I think the Redskins have kind of settled on spreading the ball around. Might cap himself at five or six targets per game for Doxon. Yeah. The thing, Amendola's got to buy next week. So keep that in mind. He yeah, that's a good call. He hasn't been good lately either. He's like 40 yards most games. Right. He's playing he's, with a bad he's name. He's really only usable in PPR and he was limited in practice on Thursday. So I'd say he has a chance to play and. This might be a decision that you make Sunday morning. Yeah, hyperextended knee. That doesn't sound great. No. Um, all right, but you said out of out of Doxon, Juju, and Matthews, Ju- Doxon would be your favorite if you were going to drop Amendola? I might actually go with Juju in a PPR just to see how he does this week, what his role is against Pittsburgh or against Detroit. We don't expect Martavis Bryant to play. Maybe it's the start of bigger things to come. If, if Smith-Schuster goes out there and has a big game, mm-hmm. you're going to want him on your fantasy team, and Martavis Bryant won't be back on the field anytime soon. San Francisco wide receiver Marquise Goodwin is questionable with a back injury. Carson Palmer's on IR, so he's out until at least week, week 16. Josh Norman could play this week, and I think this is one of the major storylines of the week. Could the Redskins be without four starters on their offensive line, and they will be without their top backup Offensive tackle, he's out for a few weeks. Yep. But, I mean, this takes – there is no reason not to love Kirk Cousins this week, except maybe he'll be without – I doubt all four are going to miss the game. But bottom line, this is a bad look for the Redskins O-line, Dave. It definitely is. And I my guess is that Trent Williams will play, but he's playing through some ankle issues, and I think he's just going to try and tough it out, but he could leave the game. And if that happens, especially against that defense, um, there, there could be a lot of trouble ahead. Dallas's pass rush has been really, really impressive lately. Yeah, they have, I think, 22-ish sacks on the year, which is a pretty good number for six games. And, uh, you know, I was so excited about Rob Kelly getting healthy because I thought he was going to run behind one of the best offensive lines. I thought he was going to get 15 carries or so a game. I thought he was going to be really good and standard, totally sneaky by low or even pick up off waivers. Don't really feel that way right now because this is a great matchup for him against Dallas. We're going to preview this game. But after this, it's at Seattle and Minnesota. So can you trust Rob Kelly without his offensive line and then at this week and then Seattle and Minnesota in his next two games? I don't know that you need to own Kelly. It's, it's a shame because I really liked having him. I don't know that you need to own him. Um, what do you think? Would you own Rob Kelly? I've got him in a couple of leagues, and I would love to trade him. I'd love to package him with another player on my team and, and turn him into one better player. The problem is, is that people will realize what you just said, and it's a really good call. That it just, it's not going to pan out so soon for him. Yeah. And if you cut him, you kind of feel like you're giving him away for nothing. All right, here's good news for some owners, bad news for the Marvin Jones owners. Golden Tate looks like he's going to play this week. Sunday night game against Pittsburgh, coming back much sooner than we thought. Uh, but yep, that game is uh, on today's slate. We'll talk about it. Dave, do you expect the following players who are on the injury report? Melvin Gordon at New England. Yes, I expect him to play. Emmanuel Sanders uh, at Kansas City on Monday. No. Matt Forte against Atlanta. I think Forte will play. There's a story in one of the papers in New Jersey about Forte possibly getting traded. Really? Which makes sense. Last year of his deal, I believe. 
for the Jets. Maybe they get a little something for him. So, would you like to own Bilal Powell? I want you to say your the team name that you have for with Bilal Powell. Don't name. forget to bring a Powell. There it is. <laughs> he's ninety two percent owned. Powell is stashy. Okay, but like you said, he's he's pretty highly owned. What about Elijah McGuire? Deeper leagues, if you really definitely have a dead roster spot and he's out there, you could do it. Okay, so Juju Smith-Schuster, do you expect him to play? Yeah, I think he's going to have a chance to play. And Stefan Diggs. This is exciting. Practiced in full on Thursday. We'll see what he does on Friday. That practice might wrap up while we're recording the podcast. And I think he's got a great shot to play and play well against Cleveland. So, Dave, as we wait for Jamie to get in, we've got... The No Touchdowns Club, which I think is going to be a regular thing. I think we can do a fun game out of it. We'll do it like golf, lowest score wins. So every time you're wrong, you get a point. And you want the okay. fewest points at the end of the year, obviously. But the thing is, you and I are the only ones competing this week. So we've got to we've got to get it right so we don't lose ground to, Dave, to Jamie and Heath, who got it right last week with Julio and McCoy. You and I said, I think, Demarius and Ajayi. So... Uh, good thing I didn't ask, I do think I didn't put a JHI in the no touchdowns club this week. One of us probably would have taken him. So here are the guys I came up with. Pick one to score a touchdown. Rob Kelly, Crowell, Forte, Rawls, Lacey, Thielen, Demarius, Garcon, and Tyler Lockett. It's getting tough. Kelly, Crowell, Forte, Rawls, Lacey, Thielen, Demarius, Garcon, Tyler Lockett. One, I, I'm giving myself first pick because I gave you priority last week. Okay. I have to take Demarius Thomas, right? Like it, that's the obvious guy here. So Demarius is my guy. Well, that seems like the obvious guy, and I feel like you could pick him each week and feel like you've got a chance to be correct on it. But he's been incorrect for the last 12 games. I'm going to take a guy that'll touch the ball more than Thomas. It's Matt Forte. That was who I was going to take. That was my second because pick. He'll, he'll get a handful of carries and he'll, he should get plenty of catches too. And I can't help but wonder if he's going to end up cashing in against Atlanta. I think he's got a good chance to do it. All right. Now, GM, honestly, if you were on the clock with the first pick, would you have taken Demarius or Forte? I think I would have taken Thomas. Okay. Because of the matchup against Kansas City and because I think the, Broncos have to try and bounce back after two very embarrassing losses. Let's play beat the waiver wire. Looking at fantasy week nine. I'm telling you, there's not a lot here. Uh, so we can probably do this quickly, but, um, yeah, there are, there are six teams on by next week. Here's some DSTs you might want to target. The Rams are 68% owned. They're at the Giants and they're playing better. The Cardinals are at San Francisco. The Lions are at Green Bay. The Rams, the Cardinals, and the Lions, these three teams can't be highly owned. I mean, two of them are on by, and the Lions are facing the Steelers this week. So those are some DSTs. Which one's your favorite of those three, Dave? The Rams, the Cardinals at San Francisco, or the Lions? I, I think I'd probably say the Cardinals because of the matchup that they have at San Francisco. But I'm curious why you don't have the Giants on that list. You know, I don't think they... Well, the Rams are the highest scoring team in the NFL. As I think. If they're not the okay. highest, they're right up there. Uh I don't think the Giants have that good of a DST. They don't really like force a lot of turnovers. It's fair. They'll but probably have Olivier Vernon back. 
I, I would think they would, and they'll have the Rams at home in Week 9, and then they're at San Francisco in Week 10. Well, that's not bad. So the matchup that we like with the Cardinals in Week 9, you get with the Giants in Week 10, and you get the Rams at home with the Giants coming yeah. off a bye on top They're of it. They're not a very good DST. They're on the field probably all the time. Is you know, offense sucks. They've had one good game this year, and it was at Denver. They had the pick six. That's why. Uh, CJ Fedorowicz might be able to play next week at Indianapolis. That could be kind of sneaky. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, right. He's, he doesn't excite me. And then, unfortunately, like this guy's already like 85% owned. Ted Ginn's got Tampa Bay next week. So the Bears this week, Tampa Bay next week. Yeah, man. Uh, I didn't really have much. It's a pretty lousy week of beat the waiver wire. But any there was... running backs that you would speculate on? I didn't really see any. Also, yeah. I, well, I was going to bring up something about the Eagles, but not worth bringing up. No. Are you going to start Legarrette Blunt this week? Absolutely. Okay. Because I was going to say you if, wouldn't. If You're you weren't, well, if you weren't, his next two games are Denver and then a bye. His next two weeks. Uh, so you could theoretically cut him loose, but you should be starting Blunt because he's got a great matchup. No, Adam, I don't see about, running backs, about, Dave. Adam, what about Darren McFadden? I, I've been making the case all week. Yeah, of course you should you should own Darren McFadden. I think McFadden, I think Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, Martavis Bryant, all these players that could come into some newfound fantasy value by the time the trade deadline ends are worth Kind of keeping around. Worst case scenario, you keep them until Tuesday. The trade deadline passes. Nothing goes on. You move on from them. And that's really in the case of Bryant. Uh, McFadden isn't necessarily a trade deadline uh, type of player. But when we get the word about Ezekiel Elliott and whether or not he's suspended, well, you'd like to have that guy on your team in case the suspension is upheld for six games. Yeah, I think you should consult Heath's stash column because like, there's still there are a lot of guys that maybe aren't waiver wire specific. But Josh Doxson, I think, is still under-owned. Yep, and I've seen Terrell Pryor dropped in some leagues. I don't know if there's a great reason to pick him up, but I still feel like there's potential there. Eventually, you have to throw. Mm, it out I don't know if receivers. I feel the same way with his playing time going down. Yeah, I don't know if that's a one week thing or not, but I don't it, know either. It's concerned. Corey Davis is available in sixty percent of leagues. There you go. Kenny Galladay, when he comes back, hopefully but, but, he can. Like he's the third receiver now. He is, but he he's a deep threat for that Lions team that throws a lot. All right, you have any bold predictions for Week 8? I've got one. It's not necessarily fantasy-centric, but I think the Chargers beat the Patriots. Oh, interesting. Well, so, somebody's I think Melvin Gordon, I've moved him up quite a bit since the week started. I think he can have a big week. Hunter Henry will have a big week. Keenan Allen gets a get-right week. Uh, Philip Rivers should probably move up a little bit in my rankings, but the, the loss of Dante Hightower in the middle of that defense for New England, mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's huge. Yeah, it is. Uh, my bold prediction is that Matthew Stafford is a top 10 quarterback this week. Well, with Golden Tate coming back, I think that has a chance of hitting. Yeah, and it's a, it is bold because you guys have him around 20th, and I'm not suggesting you start him. You don't make start-sit decisions based on a bold prediction. But mm-hmm. I just don't think they can run the ball. I, they don't have a good running game. It's not that the Steelers have such a great run defense, but I just don't trust the, the Lions' running game. I think they're going to have to throw. And, um, th- you know, the Steelers do so well against wide receivers. They do so well against quarterbacks. But they haven't really faced a, a receiver who's gotten a ton of targets. So I, 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 My original bowl prediction was that Marvin Jones was going to have the best game of any wide receiver against Pittsburgh. But then I saw Golden Tate was probably going to play. That changed things. I don't know how that distributes the, the targets. But I think Stafford could be all right. I have to start him in one league. 
It's him or Bortles. Bortles is on a bye, so I think I'll just wow. bite the bullet with Stafford. No, it's Nothing not. On the it, wire, it's huh? him or McCown. It's him or McCown. I forgot I dropped Bortles for McCown. So that's going to be a tough decision for me. I think I'm going to start Stafford, Dave. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. Let's do, let's go to the games. If you'll permit me though, I would like to skip the bonanza this week. Oh, by all means. All right. No bonanza this week. Don't have a good, it was going to be Dallas, Washington, but all that offensive line stuff. No. Houston is at Seattle, and here's your stat of the game. Wide receivers with eight or more targets against Seattle. First of all, do you think DeAndre Hopkins will get eight or more targets? Yes. All right, here's what they've done. Eight or more targets against Seattle this year. Jordy Nelson, 13 fantasy points in standard. Randall Cobb, eight fantasy points. Rashard Matthews, 14. Robert Woods, six. Cooper Cup only had four, but he dropped the game-winning touchdown. He could have had, like, 11. Maybe more. I don't remember how long that pass was. So I see Nelson Matthews with 13 and 14 points. I see Cobb with eight. I see Cup who could have had double digits. What do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? Well, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins if you have him. The real question is whether or not you use him in daily. And to answer the question about whether or not he'll get eight or more targets, he's gotten that in all but one game. The only time he didn't get it was against Cleveland. And that was a game that the Texans rolled in. They didn't have to necessarily throw a ton in that game. You're the high guy on Hopkins, though. You have him top I'm, 10. I'm the high guy on a lot of Texans this week. And the reason why is because I think that they're a pretty good team. There are there are certain things that worry me. I don't know if that offensive line can hold up. And that's typically something that I look at and I value. But if Dwayne Brown's playing, I think that helps. And I think that Deshaun Watson, he's worked around that offensive line so far. I think he can do it again. It's obviously a tough environment to play in. I don't see a game script where Deshaun Watson doesn't attempt a bunch of passes. We've seen him put up garbage time numbers in wins, in losses, on the road, at home. I would not be surprised if he attempts over 35 passes in this game. He hasn't done that yet this year. He's averaging over seven yards per attempt. It's way more than that if you throw out his first two games. I I think he's going to fall into production. I think he's going to finish as a top-12 quarterback. He's not ranked high. I believe I have him 10th. Yeah. You have Watson. Yeah, you are the high guy on, uh, so, for, so put it in perspective. Dave has Watson 10th. Jamie has Watson 14th. Heath has Watson 15th. Dave has Hopkins around 10th in standard, uh, and 13th in PPR. Jamie has DeAndre Hopkins 15th. Heath has Hopkins around 20th in standard and PPR. So Dave is the high guy. Now, man, it's tough to score 20 fantasy points for a, for a quarterback at Seattle. I looked at every quarterback over the last two seasons at Seattle. It's It was tough, but it actually wasn't quite as hard as I thought. In 2015, three quarterbacks out of eight scored 20 or more fantasy points. One was Cam Newton. One was Carson Palmer. He had 48 pass attempts. One was Ben Roethlisberger. He had 55 pass attempts. Now that's I don't know if you can bank on that. In, in 2016, nine quarterbacks played at Seattle. They had a, a playoff game. And two quarterbacks scored... 20 or more. They both scored 27 fantasy points. That was Matt Ryan and Tyrod Taylor. You'll notice that the league MVP, Cam Newton did it in 2015, Matt Ryan in 2016. Um, but I will also say that with Ryan and Taylor last year, they scored 27 fantasy points apiece. Cam Chancellor missed both those games. So we know it's a tough place to go in and, and put up numbers. So how many fantasy points are you expecting from Deshaun Watson? I'm ballparking in between 20 and 25. Not one of these crazy 40-point games where he has five touchdowns. No one's expecting that. 
which is why I'm ranking him among other quarterbacks that are in that same type of range. Yeah, so you go Dalton 9, Watson 10, Taylor 11, Phillip Rivers 12. It's a pretty interesting group there. I, and I'll tell you what, the, the guy, I think the guy I've had the most trouble with this week is Phillip Rivers. Because I think there's a chance he can go to New England, the cross country trip, totally lay an egg. We know that this Patriots defense has been getting better, but we also know that Phillip Rivers has been playing a little bit better of late. And it should be a game where he's going to have to throw a decent amount of passes. I think Melvin Gordon's going to get a lot of run too. Melvin will also catch a lot of passes. So I go back and forth on, on, on Rivers. There's something Jamie actually said on the show yesterday about how the, the Patriots have been bad against quarterbacks all season long. The only one that wasn't good was Matt Ryan and Rivers isn't Ryan. Because Ryan just isn't himself. I, I don't, I just don't want to spend too much time on Rivers just because, you know, we got to talk about the Seattle Houston game is Jamie. Okay. Is but I'm just saying, I think, it, I think these, for me, these are close calls for guys like Jamie. Uh, I know that he doesn't like Deshaun Watson. He'll easily start Phillip Rivers ahead of Deshaun Watson. Totally understand why. Uh, it's, it's going to come down to how you feel about the Seattle Seahawks defense and the New England Patriots defense, I think. But you can't discount what Deshaun Watson's done this year. All right. What about Lamar Miller? Worried about him too. I'm worried that he won't score because he hasn't done much of that this season. And certainly catching passes is how he's going to have to make make numbers. I, th- I think he's a low end number two running back this week. I hear the rumbling of Jamie Eisenberg. Yo, there he, he is. is here. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh huh. Do you know more about football than a former football player? Uh, of course. You do? Yeah, obviously. I know more than John Beeson. I'm assuming is who you were talking about. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, where is this coming from? Uh, I asked John if Jerry Maguire is a football movie. So stupid. Without hesitation, <laughs> he said it's the best football movie. It's not a football movie. It's one of the best, one of my favorite movies, but it's not a football the movie. The best football movie. Yeah, okay, great. He's not a, he's not a movie buff. Talk to me. His opinion. Calm down there, Skippy. No, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, this, like, I concede Caddyshack is a golf movie. If I had said it wasn't, oh, I, I was wrong. He's finally come around on it. I was wrong. There's no way Jerry Maguire is a football movie. Look, if the movie were called Rod Tidwell, it'd be a football movie. But it's about Jerry Maguire. He doesn't even play football. It's not a football movie. You tell John Beeson. Now, don't tell him anything. That would be a really bad idea. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk trash to John Beeson. All right. Um, we're gonna spend like too much time on this game. So, uh, Jamie, why don't you give me your just counter argument why you're not quite as high on Hopkins, who you have 15th, and Watson, who you have I think 14th. They're facing their best defense that they've played all season. And so it's easy to take apart the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Browns. This is a much different opponent. So it's hard to get away from uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It's hard to get away from Lamar Miller. It's easier to get away from Will Fuller. And this is an easy week to get away from Deshaun Watson. So you should bench Deshaun Watson. Oh, uh, yeah. Lamar Miller. Would you guys start LeGarrette Blunt or Lamar Miller? Blunt, Blunt. easily. Would you start Deion Lewis or Lamar Miller? Lewis and Standard, Miller and PPR. <laughs> It's a weird thing to say, just because like throw the ball to, to Dion Lewis. Like we know he can catch. They never, they never do, but we know he can catch it. But yeah, okay. maybe they might. Makes sense. Uh, with Houston wide receivers, Hopkins is at worst a number two, and Will Fuller is what? Number three at best. Okay. Going over to the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, top six quarterback, thirty or more fantasy points in three of his last four games. And the good quarterbacks that Houston has faced, they've done very well. Brady, 45 points. Alex Smith, 31 points. And Mariota, he didn't play great. He had two rushing touchdowns, though, in one half. He scored 14 points in a half. So Just keep in mind, this is their first real test without Watt, without Merciless. Yeah. They played one game against Cleveland. 
Right. So we, we don't need to go too in depth on Wilson. You're starting him. All right. Would you start a Seattle running back? Uh, this, would you start a Seattle running back who they could be without their starting center? You can't trust them until you see something. Agreed. I still think it's worth stashing Thomas Rawls and, uh, Daryl Belville came out and said he's trying too hard, just needs to slow down a little bit. They want him to be their guy. He will be their guy. He's still going to help a lot of people down the stretch. So if you have an open roster spot, stash him. <laughs> you know who should be their guy? Yeah. Alex Collins. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one, the, the Irish dancer, as Tony Romo wants us to call him. The one that got away from Seattle. Uh, okay. So definitely Lamar Miller over, overalls, <clears throat> overalls. Doug Baldwin, top 12. Only two wide receivers have scored more than seven fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against the Texans. Those were in the same game. Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan. AJ Green scored six fantasy points. Tyreek Hill scored six fantasy points. Do you have full confidence in Doug Baldwin this week? Yeah, the AJ Green game I threw out because that was still under Zampezi. So they were that was the game he complained. Plus the Texans pass rush was a lot stronger then. Yep. Okay. Uh, any other Seahawks receivers? Paul Richardson is a is a flyer this week. Certainly a, a DFS tournament type of play. Yeah, I'd like to see him get more targets. I mean, he had the big catch, which shouldn't have been a touchdown, and it was uh, only on two targets that he had. And I wonder what's going to happen with Jimmy Graham after the bobbles from last week. Well, they still went back to the yeah, game. Yeah, I, think I, they I know they did. They did, and he scored. But I wonder if they try and get him going, or do they try and limit him because of the possible mistakes that he could make? I, I'd have to see that. Bef- I think we'd have to see that before we base lineup decisions on that. You They're guys all have... everywhere. You all have Graham is in their top six. So. Yeah, there's no there's no hesitation. Starting. He's actually been pretty solid for four games in a row now. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks he DST been, he would have been a monster last week. Yeah, yeah, he sure would have. Seahawks DST six for Jamie, fifth for Dave, third for Heath. Texans DST you don't you uh, probably want to get away from this week. But as Dave no, mentioned, Seattle, Seattle at home doesn't give up a lot of turnovers. Yeah, and as Dave mentioned, uh, you could you could go with Paul Richardson and Daly, and I. Just finished my FanDuel lineup. We'll give you that later. But, yeah, come on. What are you waiting for? Get on FanDuel. You can play for a dollar or you can play for a lot more and try to win a lot of money. And two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel, including the three of us, plus Heath, plus everybody you've heard on this podcast. Go to FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button. And when you do that, use the code CBSPOD. When you do that, you get a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. They're giving out over a million dollars in cash prizes. Make your first deposit on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com and use the promo code CBSPOD. The promo code again is CBSPOD. That is void where prohibited. And if you, I just, I think it's great. I mean, I love FanDuel. I love playing daily fantasy football. Why? Because it's just, it's simple. It doesn't take long to make a lineup and there's a lot of strategy involved and you're, you're trying to match wits with other fantasy football players. What's not to like about that? CBSPOD is the code void where prohibited. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Stat of the game, pass-catching running backs against the Niners. Four touchdown catches allowed to running backs. 72 or more receiving yards allowed to a running back in three of their last four games. Ellington, Thompson, Elliott, those three guys. So, Jamie, do you think Wendell Smallwood is a good play this week? I do. I do. And I was actually, uh, if you are going to ask me, I-, I would consider starting him over Lamar Miller, uh, just given the matchup and maybe even Doug Doug Martin, if uh, if Keekley plays as expected um, in PPR, he's uh, he's going to get more work. 
you know, I think last week was get him back acclimated. You know, you saw him in the beginning of the game, didn't really see him in the second half of the game. It's risky um, because they are going to use multiple guys. But I, I still go back to they want him to be their Sproles replacement. You saw what the first game was when Sproles went down in the Giants game. They come back next week against the Chargers. He has the 14 touches, four catches, scores a touchdown in that game, played more snaps than LeGarrette Blunt. played more snaps than Blunt the week before too. So I actually think both Eagles running backs are in play uh, if you're stuck. And so um, Small would probably better suit it as a flex than a, than a must-start guy, but I, I still think there's a big opportunity for him here in this game at home. Here's what annoys me about Smallwood is that we, we, we say, you say, Jamie, that he should be the Sproles replacement. And I'm with you all the way on that. I think he should be, but he has one game with more than two catches. Last he's week, had, he's, had, he's had one game since Sproles went down that he played. That's true. And what was that? It was the, it was the Sproles went game. down and then, yeah, and then he had four catches well, he's in he that game. Two. Not including the next two. Well, not including last week. Last week was his second game without Sproles. Yeah, but I guess that's what Jamie has I don't necessarily right, view last Sproles went down right. against the Giants. I don't necessarily view last week's game as a, uh, a baseline, you know, whenever you have guys that are not must start players for their respective teams, let alone fantasy options, right? And they come back from injury. Like, if Willie Sneed plays this week, he's part of a four man rotation now at wide receiver, right? Is he is he their featured option? No. So he's going to have a game where he maybe gets a few targets, and then next week is the game I think you judge him off of if he's good or if he's mm-hmm. bad. This gotcha. is the game you judge Smallwood off of. If he comes out and he plays, look, he missed two games, and he's not a, a between the tackles type of guy compared to Garrett Blunt. They played him one less snap, and he barely played in the second half. That shows you what their game plan was going into the game was they want to get this guy going. And so he may not have a dominant performance. But I do think that there is certainly worth picking up because Blunt's still 30 years old, a lot of wear and tear from last year, starting to get a lot of wear and tear, I think, this year. There's going to be an opportunity for Wendell Smallwood to help your fantasy team. And it may be this week with six teams on a bye. So mm-hmm. I, I like my, my chances with him in in several different formats. Certainly better in PPR because of the numbers you just laid out. And you know that the Eagles like using multiple running backs just generally, whether it was Blunt and Sproles or now Smallwood and, and Blunt. And Smallwood, three games with Darren Sproles not playing. Obviously, the in, the game against the Giants, 12, 10, and 8 carries. Blunt hasn't had more than 16 carries in a game this year. So even if it is a big blowout and Philadelphia runs away with it, I'm not sure LeGarrette Blunt's going to get every single one of those carries. Smallwood could get in there and take some away. But you like Blunt better than Smallwood this week? Oh, I mean, it's yeah, not even you, close. Yeah, you, you just have to based on even in PPR. What role is yeah. PPR? It's close because Blunt's not going to catch the ball. But I do think that this, this could be a two touchdown game for Blunt. I mean, he's he's got the opportunity because San Francisco is so bad. Traveling across country, one o'clock game. He's going to get a lot of work. The only concern I have for him, and it's small, is the offensive line woes. You know, the fact that they lose their left tackle and and shifting guys around that could be problematic. Okay, and uh, so would you start Carlos Hyde or LeGarrette Blunt? Blunt. Hyde and PPR. I think I'd start Blunt neither one. Yeah, Carlos Hyde, look, he's facing a really tough matchup. <clears throat> seven or more fantasy points in six of seven games. Actually, you look at Carlos Hyde's schedule. He's faced really tough run defenses. This one might be the toughest yet, though. Hyde's the number 13 running back in standard, number 12 in PPR in weekly scoring. Uh, but they, he is facing a team that allows the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Just hopefully he can get involved in the passing game. Starter sit Pierre Garçon. Man, I, I was disappointed with what happened to him last week. I thought he'd get way more targets and, and play much better than he did. And Bethart did a nice job of, of spreading the ball around. Used Goodwin a lot more. Um, I, I, I don't like him. Okay. Yeah, he, he is the number 38 wide receiver in weekly scoring. That, that factors in buys. 
in standard and number 32 in PPR. Just hasn't scored. Uh, so would you start Smallwood or Garcon as a flex? Smallwood. Mm-hmm. All right, George Kittle is a flyer. Carson Wentz, top four quarterback. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's great. <laughs> and yeah. the last two quarterbacks to face the Niners scored 31 or more fantasy points. That was Cousins and Dak. So it's going to be an NFC East sweep here of the, you know, the three good teams anyway. The Philadelphia passing game, which wide receiver do you like better? Aguilar is safer, which is surprising to say, but I think this could be a game where Jeffrey goes off, and I know I've said that the last two weeks, but San Francisco's just bad. And and you look at the teams that have beat them up, it's been the number one guy. You could argue again that Aguilar may have passed Jeffrey as number one guy, but the targets don't suggest so. Even as well as Aguilar's played recently, Jeffrey's still out targeting 19 to 16. So I'm not getting away from Jeffrey, but if in the rare instance that you have both, if you feel more comfortable with Aguilar at this point, you can certainly go with Aguilar because he's been the one giving you fantasy production. Would you start either Eagles wide receiver over DeAndre Hopkins? No. No, I I, I think you could certainly make a case for it, but I don't think a lot of people are going to end up doing that. Would you start either Eagles wide receiver over Amari Cooper? Uh, Probably not. But again, you can certainly also make a case not. for it. You're gonna start a, you're gonna start Zach Ertz, but it's kinda interesting. This has actually been one area of strength for San Francisco's defense. Jason Witten last week scored 11 fantasy points, but he's the first tight end to score more than four. That includes Olsen, Graham, and Reed. But I think Zach Ertz will get more than four. And Philadelphia- uh, just while you're there, yeah. nobody's benching him in, in seasonal leagues, but Heath on our video show yesterday made a case, and I agree with him, why paying for Zach Ertz in daily is not worth it. Yeah, man, I didn't. I took Hunter Henry. He's got a great price this week. And Ertz, yeah, you know Ertz is obviously expensive. And and he said the same thing. I don't know if you guys talked about the Cowboys game, but he also said the same thing about paying for Zeke. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, All right, Philadelphia, their DST is number two, number two, and number seven for Jamie David Heath. Let's go to Carolina at Tampa Bay. And stat of the game number one here. Babe Ruth hit a 587-foot home run with the Red Sox in a spring training game in Tampa. That was in 1919, and it is noted as his longest home run ever, but there is some controversy there. So keep that in mind when you think about this game. But stat of the game number two, Tampa Bay allows the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. The Bucks have allowed 90 yards or a touchdown to a wide receiver in every game. So who do you like better, Funches or Kelvin? Kelvin, Kelvin. Kelvin has a tremendous track record against the Bucks. Oh, I have my FanDuel lineup. It's a good thing, huh? Me too. I've got a lot of Panthers in my FanDuel lineup. I, I think that this matchup is perfect for them, given the state of their offensive line, given the state of the Bucks' pass rush, which is depleted and terrible, and the secondary hasn't been playing well either. Lots of matchups to like here. You know, their their best corner is Brent Grimes, and he's fantastic. He's had a great career. The one thing he struggled with over the course of his career, though, has been big physical receivers. And so... This is a game for both guys, whoever gets matched up with him, to take advantage of it. And certainly those guys can take advantage of Vernon Hargraves. I rank the Eagles and Panthers receivers. Benjamin, Eagles and Panthers receivers? Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I, yeah. Well, I, you did. I'm, you're taking receivers from two different games. Yeah. So it kind of caught me off guard. I might have Funchess ahead of Aguilar and Jeffrey, and Jeffrey might be last. I'd have to double-check. I'll put Funchess last, but they're all number two guys. 
Okay. Ben- Benjamin Benjamin's number one, but the other the other three are number two guys. Uh, just to let you know, so in the in the last five games against or four games against Tampa Bay, Benjamin has twenty five catches, three hundred fifty nine yards, and two touchdowns, and he's had at least seven fantasy points in all four games. Kevin Some of those came without Cam, if I recall. Two came without Cam. Uh, the first two that was with uh, Derek Anderson when Cam got hurt in the twenty fourteen season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Calvin uh, was solid in both games last year, and Mike Evans was too. He scored in both games. And here's a fun stat. Uh, Jacquez Rogers was the lead running back in both games between these two teams last year. In the first game that Luke Keekley played, he averaged 3.4 yards per carry. In the second game that Luke Keekley didn't play, he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Which brings us to Doug Martin. Start or sit, Doug Martin. It's almost start by default. Because of the workload he gets, because of... His potential because he's at home, but if Luke Keekley's back, I think that makes things harder on Martin. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I was just looking at it right now to see what what Keekley's game logs have been compared to what their run defense has been. And so, Adam, you gave the two matchups with Tampa Bay, um, much much different though. Mm-hmm. And when last week they did great without him, but but it is a big difference. Uh, would you start Doug Martin or Garrett Blunt? Blunt, Blunt. Doug Martin or Calvin Benjamin? Benjamin. Benjamin. Funches or Martin? Funches. I have Martin higher. Okay. Christian McCaffrey or Doug Martin? In standard. They are, they are currently back-to-back in my rankings, and I think once we get the green light on Keekly, I'll feel a lot better about moving Martin down. But they're not back-to-back in PPR, right? No, 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 no. Standard. PPR, it's an easy call for McCaffrey. Yeah, um, J- which quarterback do you like better, Jameis or Cam? Cam. Cam. Do you like Cam because you like because you actually like Cam or because there are six teams on by? I like Cam this week. I love the match. Look, Cam, I, I think we're going to have to revisit Team X in Chicago because they've <laughs> been very good at home. The Bears. They have. Yeah. I know. I just I, we might have to revisit Cam is good because he doesn't look good. I, he had two game stretch where he tore the where he set the world on fire. Sure. And, and I thought he was it, back. Is is it that? Philly's defense is actually good, which I think it certainly has the potential to be. And Chicago's defense at home is actually good because those have been his last two games. I I think Cam is somewhere between those two performances. And the thing that's going to be bad for Cam is chasing points. He'll get some good fantasy production when that happens, but he's not the best thrower. And so when everybody knows he's throwing, he's erratic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, now, Tampa Bay, I feel like they've gotten And also, a just, just real quick, just, just though. to, uh, you know, help his cause, fumble off of Curtis Samuel, minus two, ball bounces up in the air on the pass to Kelvin Benjamin, intercepted, minus two, and the snowball effect happens from that. Mm-hmm, that's true. Alright, so Cam is eighth for both of you, sixth for, for Heath, and Jameis is not far behind. Uh, he's right there, he's around eighth or ninth. Yeah, so, I have Cam one spot higher. Would you start Jameis or Tyrod Taylor? Jameis. Jameis, but they're close. I think Tyrod's going to have his best game of the season. All right, now Jameis does not have that. Well, you know what? He might have a good matchup because the league of the last five quarterbacks against Carolina, Breeze, Brady, Wentz, they all had 24 to 26 points. Stafford had 19. Trubisky had four, but whatever. All right. Mike Evans is a must start. Deshaun Jackson um, or Funchess? Funchess. I have Funchess. Deshaun is ranked where he is for me kind of by default. I think there's a drop-off at receivers that he makes the cut on before it gets real ugly. 
He's been better than I anticipated this year, mm-hmm. and I, I think you got to give him some credit for how he's performed. Um, but he could be so much better if uh, he were like in sync with Jameis. He'd be dominant. Sure, but he had a, a what could have been like a fifty-yard catch called back last week on a penalty that would have put him over a hundred yards and would have given him, I think, three straight games with double digits of fantasy points. Mm-hmm. So he's he's number two receiver. And they take deep shots with him every game. Yep. Cameron Braid is a top ten tight end. Panthers really, they've been pretty solid against tight ends, but they've given up some touchdowns lately. It's tough to get away from Brait. And then you're sitting Jonathan Stewart, right? Yeah. I kind of like him. I think if you're desperate at running back, he might be able to score against this defense. Yeah. Smallwood, Smallwood or Stewart? Who? Smallwood. I think I have Stewart higher. Oh, I'll take Smallwood. Smallwood PPR. I mean, Stewart is just terrible. Yeah. He, he should be benched. I mean, he's, he's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for McCaffrey, people are starting him, but consider this. Tariq Cohen had 55 yards and a touchdown receiving. Cook had 72 yards. Gall- Wayne Gallman caught a touchdown. James White had 57 yards. Uh, they've got, let's see, they've got four running backs who have caught five or more passes against Tampa Bay. So this is a good matchup for McCaffrey. And uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. Dave, you have a feeling about Ed Dixon this week? You have him 11th in standard, 14th in PPR? Yep, I think Tampa Bay is struggling covering tight ends, and I think that if Cam's going to have a big week, he can go and attack them with his tight end just as well as anybody else. Okay. You're the high guy on Ed Dixon. Gets pretty ugly with the streaming tight end. Yeah, just keep an eye on his health. He's not 100%. Dallas is at Washington. Like I said, Jamie, you missed it, but there's no bonanza this week. But it would have been this one, except all those damn offensive line injuries. But Josh Norman, do we expect him to play? He's trending in that direction. I don't want to say he's definitely playing. All right, look at this stat of the game. No number one wide receiver has more than five fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against the Redskins. That includes Alshon Jeffrey twice, Sammy Watkins, the Oakland guys, Tyreek Hill, Pierre Garçon. So Dez will be the best, but still, no more than five fantasy points? Are we sure Dez Bryant's a must-start this week? Yes. Why? I don't expect Norman to play. Okay. What if he does? Then he's still a must-start guy, but you just have to lower your expectations. Plus, there's, there's six teams on a bye. I you, mean, you're not benching Desmond. These guys have drawn cartoons of each other, commercials, <laughs> battling commercials. It's going to be a big showdown between the two of them. No, seriously, I, I think Des is just too good to sit. You know he's averaging a career low 11.7 yards per catch. He's had right. one game yeah, with more than 63 yards. He's not burning it up. But – Des Bryant leads the NFL in red zone targets and targets inside the 10-yard line. That's what he does. He catches touchdowns. Okay, uh, so Dak is a must-start. Zeke is a must-start. Not in daily for the price? Well, just uh, his point was, which is is fair, is that uh, he's the highest-priced running back on uh, on one of the daily slates. And he um, did not have... His price point matched based on those his stats against the Redskins last year. Came close in so one of them. In one game he had uh, both games under 100 yards rushing. One game he scored twice. One game he scored once. Okay. I guess he was saying that it's probably smarter for you to spend your uh, daily dollars on other players rather than Zeke. Cool. Jason Witten. So Jamie's got him seventh. Heath has him tenth. Dave, you have written 14th in standard, 11th in PPR, even with the matchup, huh? Yeah, it's a good, juicy matchup, but I, I, I'm not convinced that they're going to take advantage of it. Why not? 
because there have been other good matchups for Witten earlier this season, and he's gotten four targets and one catch for three yards. But they're not. But they weren't good matches. Matchups. Yeah, what was a good matchup? Arizona and the Rams were those two games. Those aren't good matchups. Not like Washington. I mean, now to be fair to Washington, they faced Zach Ertz twice and they faced Travis Kelsey once. But Gerald Everett had 95 yards. Jared Cook had 43 yards and a touchdown. I think it's five of six that have gotten at least nine, nine or more fans. Yeah, and George Kittle was like a half a yard away from from joining that club. He 46 yards and he just missed a touchdown. And Witten has been very good in three games. Good in four games, really. I mean, he just missed a touchdown when he had eight for 61. He's been such a huge part of this offense outside of two games where they just – Arizona's tough and the Rams are tough. All right, Kirk Cousins, Jamie Evans seventh, Davey Evans second. Are you going to move Kirk Cousins down based on the offensive line? Absolutely. If that offensive line isn't good, then he's got to get moved down. He won't be protected. I've already talked about how this Cowboys pass rush is good. There's a chance he could fall very far if that line isn't Set. Light behind Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Could fall real far. Could be an ugly game for him. Oh, man. That's frustrating. Uh, okay, Washington running backs. Chris Thompson must start, right? You yep. have to at this point. What about Rob Kelly? What do you think? Nope. No. Because of the line. Yeah. And the rank, rank the Redskins wide receivers. Uh, Art Monk. <laughs> he was good. Top five. Uh, I'll, I'll still take Doxon first. Um, well, who, who would be second? Like, you can't start Terrell Pryor with any kind of confidence no. at this point. I mean, Crowder will get some catches. They're all, they're all the same. All right, Jordan I don't Reed. think they're all the same at all. I think Doxon's the one that's got the most upside. But a good game for Doxon at this point is just a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Jordan I Reed think, is a must. I think that'd be a great game for Crowder and Pryor given what they've done this year. But it doesn't seem like you guys are so gung-ho about the Redskins. Like, Thompson and Reed are must-starts. Yeah. that's And right now, Cousins is. But Cousins has played well for the last four games without his receivers doing really much of anything. It's, I mean, yeah, you get a touchdown here from Dox and a touchdown here from Grant. No, but it's it's the line, Jamie, that, that you know, it's four starters on the offensive line banged up. That's the Yeah, but all four aren't expected to miss the game. Right. They could all play. No, I uh, They could. Sheriff seems pretty unlikely. Yeah, he's really the only one that seems unlikely, though. Okay, so if they have three or four in there, then maybe Cousins is fine. Uh, Chicago is at New Orleans. Sit the DSTs in that game, by the way. Now, Chicago is at New Orleans. Stat of the game. Only one quarterback, what, has scored 20 fantasy points against the Bears. It was Aaron Rodgers, and he's the only one with multiple Touchdown passes against the Bears. That includes Ryan, Winston, Roethlisberger, and Cam Newton. Say what? Are we worried about Drew Brees? Nope. That's going to change this week. Brees has a good track record against this play caller for Chicago. And Bears defense going to New Orleans. Brees typically plays better at home. I I think the full receiving core will be on the field for New Orleans. He'll get Snead on there. Coleman and Ginn are going to continue to make plays. Michael Thomas should have a good matchup. This is going to be hard for the Bears. The only the only concern that would be there for New Orleans is the state of their offensive line. A couple of guys you got to keep an eye on: Teron Armstead, Larry Warford. If they don't make the game, and at this point, I think one of them will. I think Armstead definitely will. If they're not there, then that could hurt Drew Brees because he needs time to throw. I know that you guys like Chris Thompson, as we just established, and why wouldn't you? But unless I'm forgetting anybody, we've got Thompson. I'll throw James White in there. Thompson, James White, uh, McCaffrey, sorry, and Kamara. 
four big-time pass-catching running backs. How would you rank those four? Thompson, White, McCaffrey, and Kamara. Kamara's number one. Yeah, Kamara, He's Thompson. He's playing the best. Kamara, Thompson. What was the other two? White and who? McCaffrey. Would Kamara. you put McCaffrey ahead of Thompson? No, because Thompson's doing more. Kamara, Thompson, McCaffrey. And White. then James White. I would flip Thompson and McCaffrey. I would have to say that Thompson's been playing the best. Like Kamara and Thompson. He's more fantasy points. I think Thompson has. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Either way, I mean, yeah, it's uh, this pass-catching running. This is such a big part of football now. And I feel like every week I I try to chart, you know, who's doing well, who's doing poorly against pass-catching running backs. So many teams do poorly against pass-catching running backs. I don't know if that's because they're bad at it. Just because offenses are getting really good at incorporating running backs into their passing game. Well, you, you know, our our buddy Pete Prisco has been talking about that for years with his airbacks. Yes. You know, that's his phrase that he's used going back to, I don't remember, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago. Yep. About just how these guys are, are better suited for being better caliber players for their teams. And so it just makes sense. All right, let me, let me sum up this game quickly here. Jordan Howard's top ten. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. Let's just start with with Howard and then the four main Saints guys before we get to Ginn. Do you see any bust potential in there? Are they all obvious starts? Howard, Ingram, Kamara, Brees, and Thomas. They're all obvious starts. Correct. Okay. Would you start Kamara or Jordan Howard? Howard, standard, Kamara, PPR. All right. Ted Ginn or Deshaun Jackson? I have Jackson barely higher. Like I'm, a, I'm one or getting, two spots. I moved getting ahead of Jackson earlier this week when Thomas's knee injury popped up. Now that Thomas is fine, I'll move Jackson ahead of Ginn, or getting behind Jackson. Okay. Ginn's been getting some good opportunities since the bye. His yeah. playing time hasn't really gone up or down. Yeah, but playing time doesn't same. matter. Targets will matter. Right. Him. So and 11 targets will matter. And he's caught them all. Yep. Ted oh, he missed Ginn. on five targets. He's dropped one pass. Ted Ginn or Doug Martin? Uh, Ginn, PPR. Martin and Standard. I don't know Ginn's price, but I imagine he'll be an interesting daily play this week. I think he'll be a popular daily play this week. We're not starting anyone in the passing game for the Bears, right? That's a good one. <laughs> like like Zach Miller or Deion Sims? Uh, yeah. I, I, I could see them. Look, they haven't let Trubisky throw the ball. They're going to be chasing points here, so they're going to have to make him throw. And they'll play Kendall Wright more. So if you're really, really stuck, you want a flyer, he's going to be on the field. And slot receivers against the Saints have done well. Uh, Zach Miller, you know, he threw the ball seven times last week. Is that right? Yep. And three of them went to Miller. So you see that at least, you know, where he's going. So That's I think those two guys are, are in play. And then we'll see if Don Trollman plays at all. It's a funny comment. He threw the ball seven times last week. And they won. Pittsburgh at Detroit, our final game here. Which quarterback do you like better? Stafford. Okay. Especially uh, now that. Oh, oh, Stafford? Yeah. Oh, with Tate. I'll, I'll take Roethlisberger. Stafford's going to have a bad game against the Steelers. They've been great <laughs> against everybody. You missed my bold prediction, which was that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. Roethlisberger or Stafford? Stafford. Stafford. But it's a silly bold prediction. Um, sure. Could happen. Yeah, I mean, who do you want to start on Detroit? No one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with Tate. I think they move him around so much. That uh, that he can come away with a lot of catches. Let me yeah, tell you that shoulder injury. Bad. Let me tell you where I was going with it with that bold prediction. 
So the Steelers, this is your stat of the game. They allow the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Obviously, they're great against quarterbacks, too. Only three wide receivers have had more than six targets against Pittsburgh. So I looked at those three. Two of them scored a touchdown. Mike Wallace had 55 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets, and Brandon LaFell last week had 28 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. So I almost feel like it's a matter of opportunity. I don't doubt the Steelers' defense. It's good. But they have faced many, many terrible offenses. And I, and I sort of felt like Stafford would have to throw. So fine, if you want to sit Stafford, if you want to sit Stafford, that makes perfect sense. But do you not see an opportunity for, for Jones or Tate here? Well, I mean, uh, again, you, you, targets certainly are important. And the number one guys against them have not gotten a lot of targets. And so when you go back to week two, it was Stephon Diggs, six targets, two for 27. You know, it's, it's the same thing, fun with numbers. You know, Heath makes fun of me with this all the time. Seven targets versus six targets. You know, so LaFell got seven, he scores. Diggs gets six, he doesn't. But I see one of them getting ten targets, you know? Uh, they could. It would have been Jones of Tate. Yeah, I was really excited He's, for Jones. Huh? I was so excited for Jones. I own a lot of Jones. I was like, now I'm... Yeah, not, not me. Uh, I think this actually helps Jones if, if Tate plays because so? now the tension's not focused on him as much. Alright. Because they know they're, they have to stop him because Galde's not gonna play and the tight ends are terrible. And so... Jones is going to see probably Joe Hayden and, and, and some rolled coverage his way too. Um, okay. I, I think you look at it again, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs, six targets, two catches, 27 yards. Um, AJ Green, six targets, three catches, 41 yards. Who's the third one? Uh, Tyree Kill, seven targets, five catches, 34 yeah. yards. He's the one guy who had six or more that didn't score. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, the, and you also have to probably take into account that the reason these guys are getting their targets capped is because they're not open. That's very possible. Uh, by the way, we just got an email that said, Adam probably thinks Rocky is not a boxing movie. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all. All right, finishing up here, start Le'Veon, start Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, or a uh, Lions wide receiver. Uh, I would I would go Tate over Smith Schuster. I'd go Tate over Smith Schuster too, but I'd take Smith Schuster over Jones even if Tate is out. I, I think this is an opportunity for him to get more targets for you know uh the first time in his career. Uh not the first to get more targets, but get uh, a, a good target share. Um and the Lions have given up production of wide receivers. You know that you're gonna see Ben Roethlisberger throw. I think Roethlisberger can get you the type of game he got you last week, which won't be a surprise. You know, minimal production but right around twenty fantasy points. Okay. Amir Abdullah or Doug Martin? Martin. Uh, Martin, but they're close. Amir Abdullah or Marvin Jones? Abdullah. I'll say Abdullah. Here's my fan new lineup. I don't love it. But I, now that I know Kelvin Benjamin's so good, maybe I do love it. Carson Wentz, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, Hunter Henry, Jake Elliott, yeah, and the Bengals. Wentz, Ingram, McCaffrey, Julio, Evans, Benjamin, Hunter Henry, Jake Elliott, and the Bengals. Raise the roof! Look at you raising the roof. I raised it. I raised Jake it. Elliott might be the one of the highest rate, highest started players in daily this week. Yeah, it makes a lot of he's sense. He's got like $100 more than the minimum for kickers. He's at home against the Niners. Mm-hmm. Everyone will pick him. Yeah. Hooray for Jake Elliott. Hooray a good for team. You've got a lot of star power on your team. Thank you. you did it at receiver. I think that's good. Well, yeah, I think I'm going to have a successful week. Guys, have a great weekend. Appreciate your time. And, uh. You're welcome. Yeah. That's all. Goodbye. Bye. It's all right.